It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree, your host, and uh, this is, I, I believe this is my first show in a long time where we're doing it at sunrise. Sunrise is after 8 a.m. this morning, so uh, welcome. Welcome to the sunrise version of uh, Saturday Morning Live. This morning we've got uh, quite a show. We've got uh, a guest in the studio, Simon Sefsik. Uh, many of you are aware of who he is. I'm Charlie Crabtree, just to make sure you know who I am. And um, we're going to talk today about uh, a couple of issues that that I think are timely for the time of year. Because for many of us, they give hope to what is going on in the political world here in Washington State. Uh, we we need different kind of government, different thinking on how people partake in government. And I think we have a, a show today that's going to highlight some of those things that allow us to do that. So first off, um, good morning, Simon. How are you doing today? Charlie? There's nothing I like more than getting up at 7 a.m. <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Well, that's good for you. Um, okay, let's get started. Thanks for having me, by the way. Oh, sure. Uh, so let's get started. The first thing that uh, I'd like to talk about is is a uh, organization called the Citizen Action Defense Fund, and uh, this is uh, Maynard Jackson is or Jackson Maynard um, heads up the act. Uh, Action Defense Fund. That's a mouthful. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so sort of going off of what you opened up uh, talking about, Charlie, for those of you that are curious about what the future of Washington State looks like, maybe you're, you're tired about uh, some of the election results, I think the news you're going to hear on this morning's show ought to give you uh, some level of excitement and hope about the future. I mean, yep. don't don't just take my word for it, but but plenty of other people way, way smarter than me uh, that have have been in the political scene for way longer have said they think some of some of this stuff, such as the initiatives that we're going to be talking right. about, Later is the most on. interesting thing uh, to happen sort of on the center right side of the aisle in Washington for for, you know, at least a decade. Um, so Citizens Action Defense Fund is a a public interest law firm that is designed to be similar to sort of the ACLU, uh, but to focus on actual traditional liberties that the ACLU, you know, sort of used to focus on. So right. um, one of the key issues that they've been involved in, they've, they've already filed six briefs to either federal uh, courts or the U.S. Supreme Court, but uh, they've been active in suing the governor on the transportation package that got passed in 2022 uh, in violation of a single subject statute that actually was used by the left for many years to go after Tim Iman's initiatives, right. 
that we're now sort yeah. of trying to flip the head. The and, Supreme Court would turn those out because it was more than a single issue, right? Right, exactly. Okay. And so, uh, ironically, we're sort of using some of that precedent in order to uh, go after the transportation sort of omnibus package that, that is very broad in scope. So what what's the transportation omnibus have to do uh, with more than one issue? So that that's exactly the uh, sort of challenge is that this transportation package covers essentially environmental policy uh, yeah. as, as part of the transportation budget, which is really not the, the purpose of transportation of, budgets. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie, you know, one of the one of the lines of thinking behind the Citizens Action Defense Fund is to say, look, we're getting beaten down oftentimes in the legislature and the executive. Let's try the judiciary. Right. And to those of you listening, you might then say, Okay, but what chance do we have in the judiciary? That's not necessarily going to get better. And, and it is true, obviously. The Washington State Supreme Court right. is not necessarily always on our they're, side. They're not very friendly right now. Right, exactly. But the beauty of the judiciary is the appeals process. So with, for example, the uh, there's a challenge to the capital gains income tax issue. Yep. The state Supreme Court found uh, in favor of the tax. But uh, hopefully here we'll, we'll hear in about January uh, whether the U.S. Supreme Court will actually take on oh. uh, and hear this this case and from so, Washington State alone, huh? Correct, exactly. Oh, okay. You know, because I mean, this is a this is a big deal, is the thinking, and uh, you know, I think people are optimistic that the U.S. Supreme Court will hear it. So that's part of the thinking behind this. Is in Washington State, we have not had sort of an organization to do this to to actually create precedent that can be used either way. Yeah. Uh, but then to to force things up sometimes to the federal judiciary as well. Cool. So we've got this this issue, this multi-transportation, which I imagine had something to do or is having something to do with cap and trade, and that's why they're suing on that level. And the second piece that, that came up just recently had to do with um, basically a whistleblower, a fellow who did math. I mean, basic first, second, third grade math in economics and came up with a, a figure for what cap and trade would cost. And Governor Inslee did his own math and uh, found out, you know, his math was quite a bit different than the experts in, in, in the economics of, uh, of Washington state government. So can you talk to a little bit to this, uh, this issue that they this, what is it, Citizen Action Defense Fund is, is working right now. Yes, of, of course, I'd probably disagree. I'd say he's doing a little bit more than just first, second, and third grade math there. Uh, maybe maybe the governor was only doing that level of math. But uh, yeah, you, what you're referencing, Citizens Action Defense Fund uh, recently heard from a whistleblower, Scott Smith, uh, a state economist in Tumwater who's worked for the State Department of Transportation for uh, many years, when the carbon tax program got implemented, Scott Smith, like many individuals, the Washington Policy Center's uh, Todd Meyer being right. one of them, right. estimated, as, as we've told you, uh, that this will likely increase gas prices by about 45 to 50 cents. That's right. what every sort of economic model indicated. Right. The governor's office, of course, the governor being the one who, who famously said that this would only cost pennies if that and said all of these things were exaggerated, then, according to Scott Smith, has pressured him and pressured him into not telling people, not publishing that data, because essentially it contradicted with the political ambitions and the right. political goals of the governor's office. 
So, you know, that's one of those, regardless of your thoughts on the, on the cap and trade program, this is an example of the executive branch of government essentially punishing, and, and that's what he alleges, is that uh, his employment status— how, how, how did he punish? Do you know that? Or? So I think that information is going to be sort of—this is an ongoing matter of, of litigation, so I'd say I'd defer to, to what sort of the discovery process will reveal there. Um, but certainly he, he alleges he was pr- prevented from uh, being able to release this information. Uh, and again, this is one of those, regardless of, of your opinions— the fact of the matter is that the executive branch of government should not be able to use as a political tool uh, their yeah. ambition to silence yeah. economic data. Yeah, and the facts. Basically silence the facts. So, you know, I, I guess what I would call the governor's uh, statements on that issue, um, to be nice, I would call it a prevarication, not necessarily bad math. But um, so where where is this case going to go and how—, how um, uh, this guy is, I understand, he's at retirement age. He's hes a little bit younger than I am, but not much. And um, he has some issues that he would like to deal with here. And how is uh, the uh, Citizen Action Defense Fund going to help him out move forward with this case? So to to that question, you know, one of the things Scott Smith alleges is uh, that he was denied a promotion, that he wasn't uh, approved for certain types of work activities, and uh, then changed his his job performance. I see. I see. Uh, and so, Citizens Action Defense Fund is taking up his case. You know, the the question of whether this will be something like a settlement or whether it'll go to trial is is something we don't know uh, quite yet. Uh, but certainly, and, and you know, Charlie, uh, from from what I've heard, Scott Smith, I haven't personally talked to him. You know, so calls himself sort of a a, a Democrat. He this this right. is not some sort of person who's this is who's, not partisan. who's tried in his career to, yeah. to make an enemy of the current administration. Yeah. But when when the facts follow you somewhere, yeah. you follow those facts. You yeah. don't let the facts follow your uh, political agenda. That's ultimately what this case is about. Right, right. It's so it has nothing to do really with gap and trade, but it does because of the way it was presented and the way it's still being presented. And the way it was implemented, I mean, the, the legislature and everybody else took for granted what the governor said rather than an expert in government that was hired by the government, very high, much hired by the Democrats, probably. Right. No, I mean, I think it's exact proof that when the administration tried to gaslight so many people into saying, you're crazy if you believe this is going to increase gas prices, the private sector data pointed to this. We're now seeing even the public sector own DOT data pointed to this. Right, right. And, and we, were, we were told that, uh, you know, it was a talking point if you said that, when really it's, it's simple economic data. Right. Yeah, very simple. All right. Well, I think uh, we're at a point now where we've got to take our first break already. So this is Charlie Crabtree with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. The Lummy Bay Market at Exit 260 is where you'll find more in the store. You'll find more in the store because there's so much store. Almost 10,000 square feet. The Lummy Bay Market is where you'll find everything you need for on and off the road. You'll find the best value on gas and diesel, along with way more than you would expect out of a convenience store. There's a liquor department featuring a great selection of your favorite competitively priced spirits, wines, and mixers. And of course, you'll want to check out the huge selection of ice-cold beer in their massive beer cave. 
Want to grab a quick bite for breakfast or lunch? Don't feel like cooking dinner? At the Lummy Bay Market, you'll find a great hot deli counter, including our brand new fried chicken, chicken tenders, and chicken wings with all the fix-ins. Make the Lummy Bay Market your first or last stop of the day for fuel, food, and more. The Lummy Bay Market, just off I-5 at exit 260 on Rural Avenue. Open 24 hours, 7 days a week. Lummy Bay Market, where, where there's, there's more in the store. store. New Year's Eve party for a cause. Support the Ferndale Food Bank and enjoy a night of celebration at the Ferndale Event Center. Your $75 ticket or $120 for couples includes mouth-watering appetizers, live music by Sunset Superman, and a champagne toast at midnight, and a no-host bar, too. An unforgettable evening of music, laughter, and the warmth of giving back with proceeds benefiting the Ferndale Food Bank. Doors open at 7. Every ticket makes a difference. Find ticket link and details on the Ferndale Food Bank Facebook page. I'm Deanna Harrelook. I'm here to keep you informed with the morning news from 6 to 9 a.m. But even with all that time in the morning, there's still so many things I want to talk about. You know, beyond the morning news. And now I have the chance to give you exactly that. Head on over to KGMI.com mornings for extended conversations on everything that might not be making headlines. My thoughts on travel, food, music, and hey, maybe a little bit of culture. Beyond the Morning News updates every Tuesday on KGMI.com slash mornings. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome back. This is Charlie Crabtree with the Fourth Corners version of Saturday Morning Live. Uh, we'd again like to thank Asset Advisors and Linden Sheet Metal for their ongoing support of this show every week. Um, here we are again with Simon Sefcik. We're we're gonna change subjects a little bit and and move on to something else that brings we hope brings us hope in this holiday season for better government here in Washington State and and getting us again to a point uh, to match the actual beauty of our state with a pretty pretty good government that gives us better policies than it is right now. So what we want to talk about is the petitions. And many people have heard the petitions. I've been following it almost on a daily basis myself. Um, but this is uh, this is something that's coming out of an organization let's called Let's Go Wah, and I would like Simon to tell us a little bit about what that is overall, and then let's get into some specifics on numbers. I know radio and numbers don't always work on what's going on with this, with the individual petitions. So, for those of you that live in Bellingham or Whatcom County, you remember seeing, likely this year, two initiatives that were proposed in the city of Bellingham, one about rent control, one about the minimum wage. Regardless of what your thoughts are on those initiatives, whether you voted yes, whether you voted no, uh, that process, the idea that you get a group of people to uh, find something and ultimately sign off to say, hey, we want this, and you put it forward in the initiative process, which puts it on the ballot and and allows people to vote, either yes or no, and the policy either gets implemented or doesn't. That process that so many people saw this year in in Bellingham city limits is similar to what Let's Go Washington is 
pushing across the state. Right. Six specific initiatives to change various aspects of Washington state policy. And the way it works, Charlie, is you need to get about 325,000 signatures across the state technically to qualify. Really what you're shooting for is about 400,000 signatures just to make sure the Secretary of State will qualify. But what does this mean, folks? What do those initiatives do? There's six initiatives that, if you look at data, are are very popular amongst uh, Republicans, Democrats. You know, according to at least some of the data I've seen, 60-plus percent approval uh, amongst uh, even moderate to hard Democrats, uh, soft Democrats, it's it's in the 70s, uh, 70, mid 70s. And well, that so, tells me that the state of Washington is really, really in a bad spot. If you've got that that spectrum on, on, a, on a political scale, and you have a full spectrum of support for these issues, we're we're in trouble somehow. I I don't think you're wrong, and I think. One of the the main pushes behind these six initiatives, which is a grassroots effort really to get people, you know, people are getting signatures in front of Walmart parking lots and Costco's and all kinds of things. The idea behind it, in fact, it's it's become so controversial, the Washington State Democratic Party actually created a hotline to report. I know, I remember. Uh, to report people <laughs> that are simply gathering petitions. It's dangerous. Uh, which is right. I mean, and it's not even alleging that they're doing anything wrong. It's just straight on reporting them merely because they are doing something that is actually in the Washington State Constitution. I, well, I heard I heard one of the one of the stories on that kind of issue is that somebody from from the no on any signing of petitions came up to somebody that was collecting them at Walmart and started an argument. Well, that's all they really had to do was start an argument some of the customers complained, and here comes the store manager and removes the table of petitions to be signed. Hmm. So that's the kind of thuggery that that create controversy. Yeah. So that the store manager says, "I don't want to have to deal He's, with this," and he, just says, "All of you have to leave." Yeah, everybody leaves, and you can't get access to being able to sign an initiative. Huh. So that's what. That's one of the examples that I heard about here last week. So, so bef- before I explain what each of the initiatives is. Yeah, we're going to do that later a little bit. The, the important part for people to know is uh, once these things qualify, the way it works, Charlie, is they actually go to the legislature first. This type of initiative does. And the legislature has the choice. This becomes a priority. In fact, the Washington State Constitution says unless you're addressing or reforming the budget, an initiative from the people is the highest priority of the legislative session. So next year, there's likely going to be six of these top priority items that, quite frankly, the majority party doesn't exactly want to talk about. So right. they're going to be in sort of this this odd boat that suddenly the agenda has been decided for them. They right. don't get to shape the agenda. Yep. And they're going to have the option. Do you support these initiatives and does the legislature enact them there during the legislative session? And they have to enact them exactly as they read in the initiative. Is that not correct? They can't amend. That is correct. They can't mess around with it. They cannot amend the initiative. They have to pass it as is as it is worded. However, they are given the option to vote for an alternatively worded proposal to go on the ballot in November. So there's a lot of controversy right now and, and sort of legal speculation about what that might mean. But in other words, the legislature could say, no, 
we aren't going to vote yes for this idea, but instead we're going to add some type of alternative option. Uh, add? You you mean they would both be on the ballot, let's correct. say, they for would, each issue? They would both be on the ballot. So uh, I'm, I'm just making something up here, uh, you know, but right, right. if if the proposal was to decrease the tax rate in some area by a dollar, they might be able to propose and say, we're going to reduce it by 50 cents, give the voters an option to pick which one. Now, I don't know whether they're going to do that. There's all kinds of speculations about uh, if they'll do that, if they do, to which initiatives. Uh, you know, there there could be a, a strategy playbook here to say, let's just confuse the voters by adding right. an alternative right. that is worded oddly so that people just say, yeah. ah, I don't know what to do. I mean, we we know that we have an attorney general that, that handles the wording of the initiatives and, and the way they, they appear, or the referendums, the way they appear on the ballot. And that's iffy, and he's running for governor. So who who knows what they would be when they hit the ballot just to cause confusion. Yep. So that, that's amazing. But... So yeah, when we come back, we're going to take a break, an early break at the bottom of the hour here. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and find out how far along things are and how um, what we what we got to do to uh, get them publicized and on the ballot. This is Charlie Crabtree with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 Index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Tis the season of savings during DeWard and Bodie's annual year-end clearance on appliances, barbecues, mattresses, and more. This weekend only, DeWard and Bodie is bringing you two special offers. They will pay your sales tax on all qualifying in-stock appliances and mattresses or give you no interest financing for up to two full years on qualifying orders with no money down at checkout. Plus, make your purchase by this Sunday at noon and get guaranteed delivery and installation by Christmas on select in-stock dishwashers and over-the-range microwaves while availability lasts. Shop incredible savings on closeout appliances, four models, one onlys, and slightly blemished appliances. Get year-end deals on a huge selection of laundry sets, refrigerators, wall ovens, cooktops, ranges, and so much more. Save your holiday cash at DeWard and Bodie this weekend, and they'll pay your sales tax on all qualifying in-stock items or give you no money down and no interest for up to 24 months on qualifying appliances. It's the year-end clearance only at DeWard and Bodie, the appliance and mattress giants. Financing OAC qualifications apply. 
Hi, this is Joe Tian from KGMI. This holiday season, it's more important than ever to do your shopping locally. Local businesses are and always have been the backbone of our local communities. When you spend your holiday dollars locally, it supports our families, friends, and neighbors and keeps our economy strong. So if you live here, please shop here. If you shop online, please shop on the sites of our local businesses. Celebrating our local businesses and community. Happy holidays from Cascade Radio Group and KGMI. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. Israel is mourning the death of three Israeli hostages mistakenly killed by Israeli soldiers in Gaza City. The BBC's Frank Gardner describes what happened. They had a stick with a white cloth on it, in other words, a surrender flag, to show that they were no harm to anybody. The Israeli soldiers who fired on them were told broke their rules of engagement. A jury has awarded major damages to two former Georgia election workers who sued Rudy Giuliani for defamation over lies he spread about them in the 2020 election. Giuliani, immediately after the verdict, said he's going to appeal. And appeals in the federal civil system can take many months. So it's unclear when or if either woman will get even a dollar. CBS is Scott McFarland. It's a pre-holiday storm. The storm rolls right up the East Coast. Significant wind, significant rain, and even ends with some snow. That is Mike Bettis, a meteorologist at the Weather Channel. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Good morning and welcome back to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree, your host today. We're calling this the... uh, sunrise show because uh, sun, the sun finally rose this morning at 8.15. I'm so happy when the 21st or 22nd of December, whatever it is, comes around because then days get longer from there. And I am waiting on the 22nd of December for spring. That was so, a cool intro song. <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt that. That intro song felt way too epic for whatever you and I are about to talk about. But that was that was cool. <laughs> so I I guess we're back, and um, we ended up last time with the process that will occur uh, if initiatives hit the ballot, and we want to talk about the first part of this segment. We want to talk about well, are any of them going to hit the ballot? Have any of them been turned in? Has there been any feedback from that? As far as did we get the numbers yet? What is the secret? of State said about going through and all that good news you're going to tell us. So first about what you've turned in and and then any feedback from the SOS. Secretary of State, for those that don't know what SOS means. For those of you that don't keep keep up with this as much as an insider like you, Charlie. (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, Yes. To to answer your question, uh, three initiatives so far have been turned in. Which ones? And uh, the first of those is dealing with uh, the cap-and-trade program. Carbon tax. That had the most signatures, over 400,000 signatures, to repeal 
the the carbon uh, trade program that's increased gas prices uh, by a good amount. And there's also an ongoing lawsuit about that uh, about that program as well. Right. So right. Uh, this thing's days are limited, I think. Uh, we and can only hope. And I think people are, are sick and tired of higher gas prices. So that's had over 400,000 signatures. Uh, the other one that's been turned in after that had to do with the sort of parental bill of rights for allowing uh, right. parents to see essentially uh, the education curriculum that, that their child uh, is receiving and some, some medical information. And, right. you know, the, the feedback on that one, some uh, are, are supportive. I mean, it, it's polled extremely well. Uh, some m- most people support it. Some people sort of support it, but their their argument against it, if even, is just to say it already exists in th- that that's already allowed by current state law. So this sort of reaffirms that uh, if if it doesn't already exist. But uh, you know, regardless, this is a way for parents to have more transparency in sort of the the curriculum that their that their kids are receiving in public schools. Right. The the third one. Uh, which was actually released two days ago where the signatures were over 400,000 signatures were were dropped off at the Secretary of State's office has to do with uh, the police pursuit issue. Uh, A woman spoke there that that I've met uh, earlier this year, Amber Goldaid, who lost her 12-year-old daughter, Immaculate Goldaid, who was walking home from school uh, when a drunk uh, high driver... Where was that at? uh, This was down in Puyallup. Puyallup, okay. Okay. hit her, uh, killed her 12-year-old daughter, and left the other for dead. Right. That man who killed her daughter had stolen a vehicle only about a week before, but police were not allowed to pursue because of the no-pursuit law that the majority party enacted back in 2021. So right. she spoke there uh, in favor of changing the, the, the police pursuit law to allow, you know, anybody that's seen downtown Bellingham, anybody that's shopped at, at Winco or Walmart here has seen uh, what happens when people are allowed to take all kinds of goods and, and walk out and drive off yeah. and walk off yeah. and, and walk out and, and police can't do anything about it. They have right. to simply watch watch people do it. What is that going to do? It's going to embolden people to steal, but sure. it's also unfortunately going to cost more than just a, a, a bag of groceries. It's going to cost we, kids like Amber or like Immaculate their the, lives. We've talked about that one before. Not only if it gets corrected by this initiative, it's not going to stop on a dime. There's going to be crooks out there. They're going to steal cars, put more people in danger than than before this police pursuit was taken away, and get you know they're going to get caught by the police pursuits. But it's going to take a a through two, three, four year period for the crooks to get the message that they're going to be chased right. and they're going to get caught. I mean, that's what the policy has come down to, even if we correct it tomorrow morning. So that's police pursuit. What was the third one? And the the third one is no state income tax. Now, this is— this That is, got turned in, huh? This is going to be—this uh, th- one already has more than 400,000 signatures. It's going to be turned in with a, sort of a combination of uh, another one, which is to abolish the capital gains income tax. So— in other words, there's one of them that bans all future income taxes, basically. Right. And then there, there's a, another initiative that abolishes the specific capital gains income tax. That they enacted last year and the Supreme Court said was wonderful. Right. That the Supreme Court said was not an income tax, but was an excise yeah. tax. Yeah. So, yeah. in other words, th- this is taking down one tax and preventing these types of future taxes from being enacted. Right. 
Right. You know, this is something that's, again, extremely popular, regardless of the political party you're in. One of the hallmarks of Washington state has been that we don't have a state income tax, which attracts business. This is a way to, to again, reaffirm and, and now with groups like Citizens Action Defense Fund to provide the legal basis to defend uh, this press. So, well. so isn't this the one that where um, the Amazon head is now going to live with his parents again in Florida? Correct. Yeah. Some people saw that Jeff Bezos uh, has moved to Florida. You know, and I saw some people saying, oh, you know, great. We we hated him. We didn't want him here anyways. You know, first of all, him living in Washington state alone provides hundreds of millions in in, in tax revenue. Right. Right. Um, You know, but but secondly, uh, Jeff Bezos can still spend as much time in Seattle as he wants. So right. this really isn't yeah, about yeah. whether you want him, to, you know, right. whether you want it's some, some big millionaire to be taxes. in your city. Yeah. E- exactly. And, and that's exactly what happens when you have a tax policy that encourages people like Jeff Bezos to, lose, uh, to, to leave. Right. Uh, you miss out on the tax revenue. But again, of course, uh, ironically, there's the aspect of these tax proposals are, are put up to say, let's go after the the Jeff Bezoses, the Bill Gates of the right, world, right? Right. And him so, moving away is is proof that ultimately those that's taxes what's don't target people like him. Yeah. He's not the one that's affected by it. who it really affects are people sort of more in the upper middle class yeah. that don't have the ability to just pack up and move to Florida if they want. And those are the ones that probably create jobs in Washington State for the not so upper middle class people, and they won't create those jobs. So everybody becomes. Depended again on the government. So you, we, we we finished four. You just said is that, that so is so, that a, a a right thing to say? I heard it was three, but we've if we finished four. So are we done? So do we no, have to do anything more with those, or what? What's the what's going on in that campaign? The the final two that that are needed for more signatures uh, are that. Uh, capital gains one, and then the final one, the sixth initiative, which is uh, repealing the state's long-term care tax. Uh-huh. That's the sixth initiative. So in other words, it's looking like there's going to be more than enough uh, signatures for uh, the no state income tax. The final two uh, that we want to be able to pass 400,000 signatures on are repeal the long-term care tax and uh, no capital gains tax. Okay, tell me the four then that 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 are that you're telling us have probably four hundred thousand signatures. Reasonable pursuit, parental rights, no state income tax, cap and trade. Cap and trade. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. So when we um and 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 we're done with those. So what what is what's the situation there? We're going to go out for more signatures. What do we want? So people have really in, until the 29th. So really, we're in the final two weeks of collecting signatures. If you have not signed these initiatives, again, these initiatives that I will reiterate, I think are a huge deal because. It feels like an uphill battle in Washington. This is a way for us to say, even if we don't control the governor's office or the legislature, we can still get some of the most important common sense policy proposals passed if we can qualify these things. And so uh, if you are in the Whatcom County area, you can go to Accurate Lock and Security, which is on Prospect Street, or you can go to Environmental Pest Control, which is on Strider Lane in Bellingham, to go and sign these initiatives. Uh, give them to your friends and family. Give them, if you're an employer, to your employees. Ask if they'd be interested in signing. 
uh, spread the word about these. Uh, I mean, this is a huge savings opportunity for you personally, but it's also a way to, to again, reiterate that the people's process through the initiative is one of the most powerful ways to affect change in Washington. And, and this is a way to do that. Good. So they're looking for more signatures on these, all of these, right? That's right. And they're located at uh, um, they're located at these particular places. I have another location. It's in Stanwood at Mission Motors. If you're li- uh, you know listening from down south, and in Oak Harbor, um, it is oh yes, Whidbey Wonkas. I love that name. They're open from 11 to 7, and they're 810 Southeast Pioneer in Oak Harbor. So those two other locations throughout the fourth corner also have petitions on hand. They will have all six petitions, and they need to be signed if you have not yet. Um, And we were going to take a break right now, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about when we come back, we're going to talk about... uh, what what goes on now as far as the SOS checking signatures? When they get verified, how do they get on the ballot? Is does this ha- we'll we'll do all the timing? We'll discuss all of that when we come back from our break. This is Charlie Crabtree with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. Get the very latest on real estate in Whatcom County and Northwest Washington with Windermere real estate experts Rick Todd, Julie Brown, and Lyle Sorensen. The information and analysis you need, whether you're a buyer or a seller. Radio Real Estate with Rick Todd, Julie Brown, and Lyle Sorensen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Brought to you by Windermere Real Estate on KGMI AM 790 and 96.5 FM. This week with PNW Perks, get authentic Indian cuisine or a fresh slice of pizza with Tandoori Bites and all-time pizza. Tandoori Bites is now in Bellingham and Linden. You'll be amazed at the unique menu of -of one-of-a-kind foods that take your taste buds on a journey overseas. Enjoy a bountiful menu featuring tender butter chicken and succulent baked tandoori meats, plus plenty of vegetarian and halal options. For a special dining experience, eat family-style, complete with authentic Indian-style seating. The new Tandoori Bites Linden location also features a sports bar with local craft beers, Indian beer, wine, and a full cocktail menu. Tandoori Bites Linden is also home to all-time pizza, 21 different flavorful pizzas to choose from with a tasty variety of fresh toppings. Dine in or take out. Thursday with PNW Perks, you can get a $50 gift certificate for just $25 to Tandoori Bites in Bellingham or all-time pizza and Tandoori Bites in Linden. PNW Perks certificates are good for both locations. Get your deal Thursday at 8 a.m. only at pnwperks.com. Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Vibrant USA, Pacific Security, Lighthouse Mission Ministries, Feller Heating and Air Conditioning, and Columbia Fire. Community Connection, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Good morning. Welcome back to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree speaking. Um, thanks again to Asset Advisors and Linden Sheet Metal for their ongoing support for Saturday Morning Live every week. We thank them very much and we 
the community should thank them very much as well um, for all they do to get out the word on, on several different areas of, um, of what's going on in our community. So when we last spoke just a couple of minutes ago, we, we were finishing up on, um, on the initiatives and their current status in signatures. Where does it go from here? So, Charlie, once these signatures get turned in, that's where the real meticulous work done by the fine folks over at the Secretary of State's office occurs, where the, you then sit, uh, verify the signatures to make sure that they've uh, met the sort of 325,000 uh, range. I know I didn't prep this, but I'm always geeky interested in what percentage do they check, do you think? You know, I heard some attorneys that know way more about this than I do that were talking about that, and I think there's sort of an initial scan of, of a random sort of batch of signatures. Right. I don't remember the percent, but I, I want to say it was from like a seven, you know, maybe percent range, yeah. but don't quote me on that, certainly. Well, um, well 10 percent is going to be like 45,000 signatures to manually check. Right. And and then basically from, from the random sampling, if the number of uh, – you know, incorrect signatures or unverified signatures is above a certain rate, then that triggers a more expansive sort of random sampling. Right, and then if right, it still right. fails that, okay. then that is where you have the real hard job of manually sort of going through, uh, I see. you know, 400,000 plus signatures. Well, that is a process then. Yeah, they do 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 that. Do they keep you advised? Do they keep the organizers advised? So I, I don't know whether, you know, I'm not, I'm not officially with right. uh, Let's Go Washington. I'm just interested this in is, this. That would be something to ask Brian Haywood, right? The guy that has spent 5 or $6 million to help out the people of Washington to get their rights back. Correct. Some of you may remember signing some uh, about 11 initiatives last year, and there was a lot of effort put into that. People were, I think, disappointed that, unfortunately, not all of those qualified on the well, ballot. Uh Instead of giving up, basically the people that helped organize that said, no, we're going to try again this year, and it's looked like it's, it's working out, and these things are going to qualify. They've just, they've just changed by setting up um, a, a system, an organization that goes out there and, and gets signatures, and that they, didn't, they used just almost totally volunteers last time and 11 initiatives, which was pretty hard to get everybody to sign that. So... And, and Charlie, to to a question from an earlier caller, too, you know, to your point, there's been skepticism about the initiative process where there have been uh, sort of attempts on uh, the the further left side of, side of the aisle. I think most most people in both parties generally appreciate the, the importance of the initiative process. But for folks that don't know, the initiative process exists in the Washington state constitution. Again, that's why it says if an initiative qualifies, it becomes the paramount duty of the legislature to address it during the legislative right. session. Right. And so any, any change in the initiative process would require a constitutional amendment. Okay. And that process is a lot harder than uh, a legislature getting together. It's, I think it's two-thirds in both houses, and then it goes to the people. That's exactly right. Yep. And uh, so you have to you, you got a threesome there to make. Um, so uh, moving on with the, with the initiative process, I have kind of a question. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows it. So let's say it, they're all approved, right, if people sign them from now until the 29th. Now, do you know on the 29th they're going to be picked up? That's the last day that you can 
you can give them to the Secretary of State. Do we have any idea whether that's really going to be the 28th they're going to pick them up and drive them down? Um, I've been in, involved in a in a petition gathering drive where I drove, you know, 200 petitions down to the Secretary of State's office and gave them to the organizers in Restore Washington, which I believe is also part of this um, project and this um, uh, event. So um, is there any organizational things going on in, to that effect? I mean, I don't want people to to think that they're not going to be counted if they go down and sign today, tomorrow, uh, clear up to the 27th, 28th. No, yeah, people can sign them. I believe the idea is to get them in by the 29th so that the organizers of these initiatives can make sure they're in, you know, that they've sort of scanned them ahead of right. time before the Secretary of State. They can get some kind of count. Yeah, Exactly, and then they... You know, they propose them. And, and as far as I understand, both groups sort of work together with the secretary of state to, to sort of make it easier for the secretary of state. You know, the right. let's go Washington folks are going to say, hey, here's how many we think we have. We've sort of run our checks. You know, so this is supposed to, as, as far as I understand, be a collaborative sort of process there. Well, it is it, right off the bat because he's turning them in a week, one week here, one week there, not just globbing them all in on the on the last day for all six initiatives. So that's right. Um, that helps them out. So uh, when it, they all get, a, let's say they get all get approved. Um, they go before the legislature. Now, do they get on the ballot after the legislative session? Do they get on the ballot if the legislature has approved them in whole? If the legislature's approved them in whole, I, I don't think that they go on the ballot because at that level they've they've been approved. Um, if, however, the legislature does not approve them, which again, being political realist, given given who controls the legislature, right. these things aren't probably going to get approved. Right. Uh, I would be I would be very very shocked. And so then they'll go to the people, and and that's where then that the, but that's right. That's the day the session ends. It becomes a campaign or what? I think at the end of on the final day of the session, signy die is the win. Yes, then people, uh, when when it sort of becomes it's a campaign for November. Okay, and then that's where you know to those residents in Whatcom County that are excited about these initiatives, that's where you should go and talk to your local elected officials. Right. Talk, see if your city council member will sign on to these initiatives. See if your state legislator, state senator, will will support these initiatives. Get them on record because. Uh, you know, these are I think these are important. It's good to know where your elected official stands. And this is where if you've already signed these initiatives, there's a lot of work to be done next year right. then uh, to actually get these things enacted on the ballot in November. I think this will be a big driver of turnout in a presidential year. And uh, this is an opportunity for elected officials to run on a campaign that is, is based on the, the people's initiative right. process here. Yeah. And I think a very sort of populist uh, uh, and, and popular platform for uh, way to go yeah so th the the way to do this then is once the sessions ended keep track um people out there and once the sessions ended who should they is there any setup for a contact to to start the campaign process because uh, this is only the first half right 
it's so different than running than a person running for office. I mean, really, a person that starts maybe this January, maybe, and and runs till November. Well, you know, in the initiative process, this runs a, a full year and a half or two years, right? Where people have to be in contact with the campaigns, have to do a lot of things about getting people to turn out to vote because it's wonderful. We got a half million signatures, but that don't pass no initiative in this state. Right. You need to triple that at least, if not more. And there's going to be all kinds of money, I'd say, particularly from, for example, some of the public sector unions in opposition of the long-term oh, yeah. care tax abolition. Yeah, yeah. This will be an expensive campaign. Right. Um, but if precedent tells us anything, generally the people of Washington state do not like higher taxes. Uh, they don't want police to, to be handcuffed. And so regardless of how much money you spent, I think – uh, that these initiatives will will pass, but it it's not something that is, can be can be done on its own. And so this no. is where for people that want to get involved, even during the legislative session, right. to your point, Charlie, yeah. they should reach out and ask their state legislators what they think of each and every single one of these initiatives, because it's going to be an ongoing discussion during the session and after the session, all the way up during the political campaign, during what's what's looking like is going to be a very heated presidential campaign. Right. This is an opportunity to say, hey, regardless of what people think about Trump, regardless of what people think about the abortion issue, what do you actually think about six issues that tangibly impact here, everyday life in Washington state? Here in the state of Washington, yeah, right here at home. So... Well, I, I think we've, you know, we've t- barely scratched the surface in an hour. We could probably do till noon, but they won't let us do that. Um, so I, I was going to take a minute or let you have a minute on on the community and the holiday and, and the rest of it and see if you wanted to say anything here in the next couple, three minutes we got left. You know, folks, I was in Texas a few weeks ago, and while the gas was only $2.50 a gallon— I will say it, it made me so grateful to live in Washington State. I walked on Front Street uh, for the Christmas parade in Linden, <laughs> and uh, you know there, there's certainly something special here. So I guess for as much as we talk about sometimes politics on these shows, don't forget this is a special state. That's why it's worth fighting for. And, uh, I mean, I, I think this place is, is lovely, especially around Christmas time. And I'm excited to be hitting uh, Baker up here pretty soon now that the mountains opened up. <laughs> Great. That's uh What about you, Charlie? What about me? Um well, here folks, I've got a couple things and and one is is pretty serious and I don't believe it even to be political and that is Happy Hanukkah ended yesterday for our Jewish friends. They are under attack <coughs> in Israel. So, as um uh, gentlemen of the Christian faith, I appreciate the Jewish state doing its best to fight pure evil at this time of year. Um, I'm with them. Our family is with them. I hope that everybody that's listening to this is with the Israeli people in their fight against evil. And beyond that, we have hope here in Washington State with these issues that have come to the fore. We have hope for the new year always. Um, we have hope in our faith. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 
And may you all be blessed in the next new year. This is Charlie Crabtree signing off with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live.